Nikki, we have an exciting show today. Me too. I can't believe we can actually say it out loud now. I've been like, it's, I've been like superstitious about it. I haven't wanted to. Oh, I, well, I was a little superstitious, but I, I was a lot stitious. Maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> a lot stitious. A Why? Lot, Why? I was a lot stitious. Just, you know, like, you know, we always, we, you know, you try to get a games athlete, like the games athlete on the best of all time. Yeah. It's uh, you worry it's not going to happen. And then it happened. Of course, like full disclosure, like, you know, so Matt Frazier's coming on and he's in this like full on press tour talking about hard works pay it's off. But I was pretty proud of us, Nikki. We talked about a lot of stuff other than his programming. We did. We did. I actually am really into his programming and his like business acumen. So it's cool that that's like the, the whole point of getting out there and doing some shows and interviews and stuff. But um, but yeah, it's I'm so pleased. We just had like an just an awesome chat. I love when that happens. Yeah, I do too. I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, I wasn't surprised. You have met Matt a couple of times and he's very funny and engaging and smart and, and apparently just like the hardest working man in show business. Um, I mean, it's just like, I I feel like I work hard and I can't even wrap my mind around how much that guy's got going on, but, but I enjoyed the conversation and getting to talk about things other than just, you know, doing thrusters and pull-ups. So. Right. Totally. So totally. I think people will like it. But before we get into that, we should talk about our sponsor. Uh, we've got this morning Airwave. Is that right? Airwave? We've got Airwave. A mouth um, hole. Uh, put it in your mouth <laughs> hole. Wow. If only Airwave paid us for jingles. I know. When that Airwave, put it in your mouth hole. Put it in your mouth hole. Probably should be like censored for that. But honestly... Uh, it's kind of fitting that they're at the top of the show because we're talking to, you know, the man who works the hardest ever in CrossFit and is like the greatest of all time. It kind of makes sense to lead in with this wicked, cool, like training tool that could absolutely change the game for you. If you haven't tried it yet, give it a shot. Um, it's a, it's really like, I just feel like people get the wrong impression. Like it's not a mouth guard. It's not like what you wore when you played lacrosse in middle school and it like in your mouth. It's just like, little mouthpiece it sits on your back teeth you can mold it and remold it a bazillion times if you don't like the way that it feels but it should be really comfortable you can talk with it in and it just like positions your jaw in the right space so that you can optimize your breathing for long metcons you can bite down on it when you lift it helps with your uh, cortisol and your recovery and it's like it's like the sneakiest little training tool it's like sneaking in your mouth hole and then you're better at crossfit amazing that should be their slogan is sneaky in your mouth hole. Sneak it in your mouth hole. Um, your mouth and hole. if we've convinced you through this conversation that you need to put airwave in your mouth hole, uh, you can use code KC10 and try it out for yourself. Uh, the website is airwave, A-I-R-W-A-A-V.com. Good stuff. Well, I am excited for everyone to hear this conversation with Matt. So uh, off to the show. Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? Tired. Are you? (laughs) I'm exhausted. I'm coming off of a solo parenting weekend. And because Matt was gone, getting shit-faced with his cousin in Chicago for St. Patrick's Day, of course, the baby got sick and I ended up in the ER with him for the night. It's like, it it has to happen that way. It's like not an option. So yeah, it can't can't happen when when the time's convenient. Yeah, of course not. That would be way too simple. <laughs> it can never happen when it's convenient. And uh, for those of us in audio, it won't be a shock. But we got five time champ Matt Frazier with us. Matt, how the hell are you, man? Welcome. Good, good. How are you? Good. We uh, Nikki and I were joking uh, when your team reached out and um, to come on the show. We had been talking. I don't know, maybe a week ago, Nikki. And I, I said to Nikki, I'm like, hey, we should get Frazier on the show. She goes, yeah, we should do that. I go, no, 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 the good one, Sammy. We want to get Sammy on. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the unfortunate part about that is she's not a Fraser. Yeah, I she know. Wrote, well, that was she a wrote joke. a book called Feeding the Frasers. And I was like, where's my royalty, sweetheart? <laughs> like, that's my name. <laughs> Well, that's all I, it was all I was seeing online there as soon as the book came out. Like I just saw post after post after post. And I mean, just like everyday CrossFitters buying this thing, just raving about it. And so Nick, you know, like, oh, we got to get Sammy on. So when Sammy reached out, I was very quick to go, hey, we want you on too, like very soon. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it's so cool seeing, seeing her book launch. And it's like, it's, it's crazy. Like I'm obviously biased because like, you know, um, I've, I saw her 
start it from the get-go. Um, but every stitch of that book was her. Every photo, every word, every, like the format, the cover, everything she did on her own. And it was just incredible to watch. Um, so, you know, super, super proud of her, uh, seeing the end result and, you know, they're getting the numbers back of like how many, how many sold and, you know, just everything. And we're seeing the numbers and we're like, all right, is that good? Is that bad? Like we have nothing really to relate it to. But then the fact that the the publisher was like, all right, so let's start discussions for the next book. And we're like, okay, that must that must Yay. mean that must mean that the book was a success. So yeah, so she's super excited about that. That's so cool. I feel like that doesn't happen. I feel like books are so very much like a it's someone's life story, but someone else wrote it and then 10 other people edited it. And then yep. so that's yeah, cool. So like yeah, like she she got the offer for it and then um and like there was like the honeymoon phase of like, oh, I get to write a book and like we're all excited. And then she goes, Oh my God, like I need to do the photos for that. Like she it like hit her, like, I need to write a book. Mm-hmm. And and like her photography, she she was taking photos for Instagram. And at the time it was mostly like that top-down photo with her with her toes in the photo. Um, and so she she started like learning how to do food photography and taking courses and talking to other people and and like I think she got pretty nervous when other cookbook authors were like we don't take the photos no we give the recipe somebody else and they they're in a professional kitchen and they do it so she actually wrote probably well over half of the book and then and then had to go back and start over because her food photography had gotten so much better from day one so she had literally written half to three quarters of the book and then have learned so much in that process that she had to go back and start it over. Cause she's like, I don't want my name on that original stuff. So yeah, it, it was a, it was a process, but you know, she learned so much. And I mean, the book is just so impressive. That's so cool. Well, the second one will be a breeze now that she's kind of like old yeah. hat at this whole book writing exactly, photo taking exactly, thing. Right. And then <laughs> unfortunately you just have to eat all the food, you know, the worst part. I know. I know. Yeah. It's, I, I, I pay the price. You know, luckily it's not like when I was competing anymore, when, when she's trying to figure out, uh, like the perfect cheesecake recipe and it's like a week before regionals. And I'm like, sweetheart, like you have to stop, <laughs> like figure out this recipe in two weeks when, once the competition's done. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good price to pay always having that delicious food in just huge quantities around. I was going to say, was was there ever a time where you were like, I, I, I can't be rude, but I can't. I truly can't eat this right now. Or like, did you always find a way, even when you were training, did you always find a way to work it in? So to speak. Uh, I mean, l- luckily I only had, you know, a couple weeks during the year where I was like, I can't eat any cookies or anything like that. Like just a couple weeks leading into a bigger competition, I would clean it up. Um, so I remember she was making, she was working on her uh, carrot cake, cheesecake recipe. Oh my God. And, and it, it was, it was, more difficult because of the moisture added in from the carrot cake batter into the cheesecake. And I think she made nine of them, like one per day for nine days. And, and that one, I was like, Hey, sweets, like you need to, like, you can't have this in the house. Like if, if it's here, I will eat all of it. Um, so what she started doing, she bought a bunch of to go containers, like the clamshell cardboard containers from restaurants. And, uh, and so like when she would make a meal like that, that like I, I couldn't have around cause I just didn't have like the self will to not eat it. Um, and she would just package it up and take it over to different neighbors. So our, our neighbors ate very well while she, while she was making, uh, writing that book. Um, and then I think there was one recipe that she made for the book that when we sat down for dinner, I was like, I can't eat this. And it was, um, like a, something with like coconut, coconut curry or something. And I just don't like those flavors. And so I was like, Hey, I was like, I'm sure this tastes exactly how it's supposed to. I'm sure it's great. I just don't like it. And, and she was just so, it was so adorable. She was like, Oh no, this recipe is perfect. Um, but like, feel free to grab something else out of the kitchen. So yeah, everything in there is just fucking delicious. 
I bet your neighbors are wishing you'd uh, you'd go back to training full time so they could get more food. <laughs> yeah, probably. Man, I would. Hey, I I saw you last weekend. By the way, I didn't get a chance to say hi, but I was down. Oh, the, you, didn't, you didn't stop say hi. I wasn't going to wait in line, man. I, you know, it's like it was a big oh. line for you. And uh, whatever, John, don't big time Matt right in front of him. I was hey. going to wait in line to see you, dude. Well, like I kind of walked by and like you were busy, you're, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies. And I was like, I tried to get your attention, but you were busy. And I'm like, I'm not, you know, it was a long line. I'm like, I'm not going to wait in line. I had stuff to do. I had to go watch the slap fighting. Did you, did you see this? Do you see that while you were there? No. So whenever we're at the Arnold, like I, I watched, uh, I watched a good amount, good amount of the strongman competition just because like we have some buddies that compete in it. Um, but then it's like, you know, it's just a crowd at the Arnold is insane and after uh we do like a two-hour booth appearance in the rope booth and after that you just want to sit quietly by yourself so i I would like hide in the corner over at the strongman event Um, but i saw some clips and it was the talk of the show of just how ridiculous that slap fight like i mean is even a fight like it looks like an arm wrestling setup and they're just teeing off on each other yeah, it was bizarre. Like, you know, whoever goes first has the be- the best advantage. I mean, How do you decide who goes first? Because the other dude's getting knocked the fuck out. Like, the there's no option to go second. How do you decide? Is it like a I, coin flip? I, I don't even understand how they regulate it. Like, like, what's preventing you from just, like, pushing your hand a little further forward and, like, goes from a slap to just punching someone with the palm of your hand? I don't know. Like, and they like but, tape their ears up and shit. Cause I feel like that happens and oh, you, you like would, rupture you an eardrum. hundred percent blow out an eardrum. Ooh, yeah. I saw, I saw a couple, saw a couple clips of dudes just getting hit and then just going cold and knocking backwards. Oh, uh, one of those dudes got hit so hard. They immediately called the medic. Like he had barely hit the ground when they're like medic. And you know, they come yeah. running out and the guy's like literally out cold. I just, yeah. I just don't see how, this could even be considered a sport. Just it was you're, you're watching it, aren't you? Yeah. Well, really? yeah. The crowd, like it, it was, it, it was such it a just weird got re, thing. It got reposted on, on sports center. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it gets eyes on it. So people are going to, people are going to get involved. Yeah. You know, people used to say the same thing about the UFC when it started and, you know, and, and in those yep. days it was far more brutal than it is now. So who knows, maybe it'll yeah. get its legs under it. Maybe that's your next career. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about your next career. So you you've got a lot of stuff going on uh in your business right now. Yeah, yeah, we've been we've been busy. Um I mean, yeah, it's been kind of wild. So we we switched platforms, uh we made the investment, kind of gambled on ourselves and we we now have HWPO training in its own app. So uh, available for Apple and Android, HWPO training. That is a big deal, dude. Like, like putting it was, out. Yeah, it was a process. Yeah, um, but thankfully, you know, like any other endeavor, it's it. You know, I'm not going into it solo. Um, you know, I have an incredible team around me. The people we partnered with the app are absolutely phenomenal. Um, so I mean, it's it. I don't know if it could have gone smoother. Um, you know, we, we had a little panic, uh, a week or two ago when, um, our app developers gave us a call and, uh, and they live in Ukraine and we got yeah. a call like, Hey, can we have the weekend off? We need to go stock our bomb shelter. And it was like, Oh, okay. That's, that's your real life. Like, yes, like take all the time you need. Um, but you know, they are just, absolute champs and and they were right back in it and you know they said like no we checked on our family um like we're not where any of the conflict is so we're good um and so they just hammered through and uh yeah so you know could not be more proud of of the app that it's it's a real thing um you know it's kind of crazy like this thing that went from just a hashtag of hwpo to now seeing a little icon on my iphone um it's yeah it's pretty wild I had that in my, I was thinking about that today, Matt, like, you know, of of how hard it is to be a competitive athlete. Not that I would have any idea what being a competitive athlete is like, but, 
But, you know, like watching your career and you had all this time where you're you know actively competing at the absolute highest level possible. And I was curious, like, when did this whole business plan, when did you start putting pen to paper? Was it while you're competing before? Did it happen once you retired? Like, when did it come about? Um, some some of the ideas were there while I was competing. Um, but, you know, while I was competing, um, I I wouldn't touch anything that didn't contribute to my competitive career. Um you know, the first example, I think it was, I'm trying to remember if it was 2014 or 2015. Um, but, you know, I, I was trying to do the responsible thing with the money and invest. And, uh, and I was, I went and looked at a triplex and, and it was in town here. And, you know, I thought like, okay, it's time to move out of my parents' basement. I'll buy this triplex. I'll live in one unit and rent out the other two. I thought I was doing the responsible thing. And um, a buddy at the time, kind of looked at me like, what are you doing? And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm trying, trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to, you know, invest in my future, do the right thing with my money, all this stuff. And he was like, no, he was like, you make your money competing. You make your living competing. He was like, if everything goes perfectly well and you have perfect tenants, how much are you going to make? I was, and it was, you know, just ballpark. I was like, oh, you know, I'll profit $24,000. And he was like, and if everything goes catastrophically wrong, you have the worst tenants that keep you up every night how much is it going to cost you? Basically, like if it derails you from competing well, how much is it going to cost you? Uh, I was like, okay, I get it. And he said, he was like, for the next few years, do nothing but compete. And I was like, okay. And so that's what I did. And then in the last year, I knew it was my last year, um, the whole season. And, and I know I don't do well with idle hands. And so I wanted to make sure that the day I step, step away from competing, I have projects and a purpose um to carry forward and and so that that's what I did I had you know a couple projects that I kept on the back burner for for the better part of a year and then the day I retired and now I have time to dedicate towards these things it was like all right let's hit the ground running let's let's apply all the energy that went to competing into these new ventures and and what is your role within the company like are you sitting there you know with a with a whiteboard and a marker kind of coming up with every single piece of programming and, and reaching out to people or do you oversee a team? Like, how does it work? A uh, little bit of everything. Um, you know, so early on, like when we first, when we first launched, it was like, I would lock myself in a room with, you know, like, you know, loose leaf paper, notepads, pens, calculators, and a computer and just like, and come up with the programming. Um, and and I still do that, you know, obviously, uh, upgrade a little bit. So like, if you can see like the backdrop here, it's just screens. And so I can have multiple windows open and kind of come up with the programming ideas. Um, so I take, um, I take the role with, uh, the flagship program and the pro pro track. Um, because you know, that that's my bread and butter. That's what my life was dedicated towards. That's what I did. Um, so that's what I know very well. And then one of my coaches, Jake, uh, we'll take the flagship program, you know, tailor it down for HWPO 60. Um, Jake and Sammy, um, are both doing HWPO sweat. Um, but yeah, you know, it's kind of my role right now is, you know, programming for the, for those two tracks primarily. I obviously have, uh, Jake's help with those. You know, I kind of use them as a sounding board and a test guinea pig for a lot of the workouts. But then, um, you know, coaching athletes, I coach, Mal and Jake full time. They're both, uh, they both relocated and they're in Vermont. They train at my house every single day. So that's how my morning starts. I get my workout in at five 30 and then they come over at eight 30 and usually eight 30 till 1130 or noon. Uh, I'm down there working with them hands on. That's a, that's such an interesting shift from sort of the life that you were leading to now being, pretty darn responsible for these like next wave of athletes. Yeah. You know, it it was, it, I was very surprised at how natural the shift felt Mm. and happened. Um, you know, like it's whether I'm excited, whether I was excited about retirement or not, I knew like this was going to be a huge life change. Like my life's purpose for the last, you know, six, seven, eight years was training to compete and, 
And whether I'm excited to step away from it or not, it's going to be a huge life change. And so I was really expecting to deal with, um, you know, a few more obstacles or a few more just soul searching moments. Um, but the transition went very, very smoothly and, um, you know, programming find, uh, it's so much fun and entertaining doing that. But then the coaching aspect, you know, I swore up and down while I was competing that I would never coach. Um, and now, not now it's the highlight of my day. It's, it's the three, four hour window per day where I'm like, nope, I don't, I don't have my phone. I don't have my computer, mm-hmm. no text, no emails, no phone calls for the most part. Obviously, you know, sometimes, sometimes they need to be there, but, um, and, you know, getting, getting to, you know, provide guidance and information to, to people that want it and people that are hungry for it. Um, it's been so much fun. So I want to hear a little bit more about the, these tracks you mentioned. Um, you know, you mentioned the flagship and the pro, like what all, what kind of tracks are you offering to athletes currently? So the, the track that we launched with originally, um, was just HWPO. Um, but now with, you know, the other, the other ones in there, we had to distinguish it. So we just call it, it got coined the flagship program and it's, um, anywhere between hour and a half, two hours a day, um, uh, targeted towards somebody that's looking to, you know, hit PRs, push their paces and try to progress in the sport. Um, you don't need to compete, but it's tailored, uh, for somebody that's, you know, Hitting a weekend throwdown every once in a while, maybe um, looking to, you know, squeak into a sanctional um, or something like that. Uh, the pro pro track is tailored for people that are this is this is what they're doing full time. So two training sessions per day, two to three hours each session, six days a week. Um, and the track follows the competition season. So, you know, during the open, as soon as an open announcement is announced. Uh, you know, we're doing our testing and then we're tailoring the rest of that week of training based on the movements and the time domains that, that, that workout was, and then guiding people through quarterfinals, semifinals, and then, uh, the end is the games. Then HWPO 60, um, it's the flagship program kind of tailored down for people that have time constraints. So, you know, you know, you're working professionals, people with a family, other responsibilities outside the gym. Um, but you still want to do all the movements, all the barbell work, um, but it's all just set up on on time interval. So if you're doing it by yourself, you're held accountable and you can get in and out of the gym in 60 minutes at very, very most with warm up, strength work, conditioning, cool down, accessory work, and then you're done. Um, and then when we when we launched the app, we launched HWPO Sweat. So that's no barbells, no high skill gymnastics movements, like very minimal equipment. Um, so thinking like jump rope, kettlebell or dumbbell and like a box or something and, and like one cardio machine. Um, so that one's, you know, usually 45 minutes, um, fluctuates right around that 45 minute mark, but doesn't follow progressions. It's just your daily, get your heart rate up, get a good sweat and then move on with your day. And then we also launched, uh, HWPO classic. So that's, um, just a workout of the day. One workout, what you think of when you think of a CrossFit workout, your couplets, triplets, chippers, uh, rounds for time, stuff like that. Um, and so with, if you purchase any of the tracks, you get the classic, um, for free. It kind of, it was, the idea was, you know, so many of our tracks follow progressions. Um, that, you know, if you, you want to just throw down with a buddy, um, they don't want to jump in on a workout that's very specific and tailored towards you. You want just a, generic fun workout to throw down with the group. Here you go. Here's your HWPO classic. Um, and, and you get that for free with, uh, with any of the other tracks. Do you have a hard work pays off old as hell track for a guy like me? <laughs> coming soon, coming, coming soon. soon. Uh, <laughs> you could, uh, you could make O'Keefe the face of it. It'd be perfect. Aww. I know, right? I mean, the man, the man's 40 years old, but, uh, but I've, I've, I've put a few more gray hairs on his head through my career. Ew. Yeah, but you get to work with him on this now every day. Like it's like the two of you back in action. That is wild. Yeah, you know that's it's it's kind of a highlight of it. Of um, you know, not often do you get to you know choose your neighbors or choose who you work with or anything like that. But 
I'm kind of in this dream scenario where I get to work with people that I genuinely call friends, you know, and some of them, you know, they were friends for years first. Um, but, but like when I was competing, my, I considered my team, uh, Matt O'Keefe and, and Sammy and, and, you know, I took great pride in that through my whole career. Every, every gold medal that I have a picture right after the podium is Sammy on my left, O'Keefe on my right and gold medal around my neck. And we're all holding the check because we knew it was a team effort to get there. And, uh, and so now it's, it's the exact same team. Uh, you know, we have, we have a few more on board as well, but I wanted, I wanted the same team that I knew that, you know, they work their asses off. I trust them with my life. And, uh, and so now it's, it's the same team, same goal of just always trying to be better. It's mm. just, we're on a different, in a different arena. You know, I'm not, I'm not training personally to compete at the games, but always just striving for progress. But Matt, I have, I have two questions about these tracks. The the first on the pro side of it, do you have a lot of people who have signed up for that? I feel like that's, it's so niche that I, I'm curious to know how many people have signed up for a program versus like get themselves a coach. Yeah. You know, obviously like with, with a program like that, I think, you know, we, we almost took the approach of trying to scare people of yeah. like, Hey, like here are the prerequisites for doing this program. Cause you know, I think a lot of people want to, you know, train twice a day and, you know, do that. Um, so, you know, we, we put in very, very stern prerequisites of like, you need to snatch 265. You need to dedicate at least five hours in the gym and plan on, you know, another hour to two hours of recovery work. Um, you're going to be expected to have offsite, um, venues, you know, whether it's a track, a pool, uh, open water, road biking, stuff like that. So we, we tried to make it very, very clear that this is not just a, a scaled up version of um, the flagship program. This is you're following the competition season and you're dedicating a lot of time and effort into this. Um, but yeah, we have, we have a good sized crew, like a way, way bigger than I was anticipating. I thought it'd be a much, much smaller group, but um you know, it's been a lot of fun. And, and with that program, we have a, a weekly call with, oh, cool. with the members. So, you know, they can submit questions ahead of time. I'll go through those. And then I go through, um, you know, the week of upcoming training and point out any highlight notes or ways to approach certain things. Um, and then we open it up for dialogue after. So if anything I talked about or I, something I missed in the training, I didn't, you know, I didn't see it as something we're talking about, but they can, then we just open it up for a Q and a, cause I just want to provide them with as much information as possible so that, you know, they have a better idea of what's the intent of this workout. What's the stimulus? How should I scale it if needed? Um, just all that type of stuff. So with the flagship program, we have a monthly monthly call that we do. And then with the pro program, uh, we have a weekly call. Well, you have a monthly call with the flagship program with like hundreds of people who sign up for programming they all like hop on a zoom and chill uh thousands but yeah yeah. Um, epic that's um, huge yeah so that one's not as frequent because for for every day of training um i do like a 15 minute video um so it's like you pull up your day of training and at the top there's a a link to a or the video's embedded in the app but it's usually between 10 and sometimes if it's a big day or there's a lot of details, you know, it'll edge up to 18, 20 minutes, but usually 15 minutes. And it's just me going through the warm up, the conditioning, the strength work, the Metcon, the accessory work and giving an explanation so that the, so the athlete knows, all right, why am I doing this piece? What is the intent of it? How should I approach it? What's the, what's the priority here? Um, so, you know, with that, like I have a, there's a lot of information already provided. So, the calls just aren't as frequent, but with the pro, because it's the programming's updated live. So like Thursday, yeah. like the last three weeks, the open announcement for me is at three in the afternoon. Jake and I immediately go down into the gym, test the workout. Um, and then we look at, all right, where is it going to fit best into the remainder of the week of programming? Um, uh, let's modify everything. So, you know, we're not hitting let's say chest of bars two days in a row or there's thrusters. We're not going to smoke our quads the day before we take our first attempt. 
So with that, it's just uh, the turnaround time isn't enough time to put in um, put in the daily videos. Um, but like through through the open, I did open prep calls every week with, with any member that wanted to join. Uh, with Pro, I do a weekly call with any member that wants to join, and then for the flagship program, we do uh, a monthly call. That's awesome. And have you have you heard at all of any affiliates taking on the programming for their gyms? Uh, I, I know some affiliates do. Um, cool. You know they'll they'll take the flagship program or or now now that we have uh, once we release the HWPO sixty, it's much more affiliate friendly. And there's obviously some modification that need to be made for a large class size to go through it. Um, but like affiliate programs, obviously one thing that's on our list that we want to do, but the same way we do anything, we want to make sure that we have, have the best people in place to manage it. Um, and you know, we want to find somebody that is a successful affiliate owner, um, so that they know all the details that go into, cause I've, I've never owned an affiliate. I've never run a class in an affiliate. So there's going to be things that pop up, um, in that programming that, you know, I'm not that I'm going to miss because I've never had that hands-on experience. But, um, that's, that's one of the things that we, we are really eager to get going is, uh, is affiliate programming. All right, Nikki, let's take a quick break from our conversation with Matt and talk about our mid-show sponsor, Third Z. Third Z -Z -Z -Z. Z with a big Z. Z Z-Y. So, you have been all about this uh, recovery collagen product, huh? Yeah, it's great. So I, um, we had Justine on, who's the owner, founder. We had her on Scale and Bail, gosh, like episode two or three, and we were doing a show on sleep. And so she came on to talk about sleep and she was just developing the product then. And so she's obviously come out with it since then. And so I've been using it for a while and dude, it is awesome. Like um, it's one of those, you know, it's, it's a protein collagen and a sleep supplement. So it'll help you sleep better. Uh, and, um, it just doesn't leave you drowsy, which for me is the biggest thing. Like I take it right, you know, about 30 minutes before bedtime and it just helps me wind down. It isn't like you ever taking like a Tylenol PM and you feel like it just Ugh. knocks you out or like NyQuil yes. or one of those drugs. Yeah. It is not and like, you that like at medicine all. head in the morning. You yeah, like, it, can't like, yes. yeah, nothing like that. It, it's kind of, for me, it's like taking a sleepy time tea or like, it just helps me wind down before bed and then it helps me just go into a deep sleep and uh, I feel great. And then when I wake up the next morning, you know, I don't have any of that, like, you know, morning lag and you feel like you're just dragging, you can't wake up, you know, I don't have any of that. Yeah. Like I wake up refreshed. It's, you know, I can't really describe it better than that. Um, and it's got, you know, 10 grams of protein in it and it's collagen protein. So it makes my skin all pretty, which is nice. Um, you know, so a lot of those benefits, um, you know, that I love about it and it does not have melatonin in it, which I think is really important. You know, that's, uh, you know, I think people have found it's easy to get, you know, kind of, uh, overdoped on melatonin. Like you just get used to it, you know, and this is different. Yeah. Um, it's just uh, so much better. And I have yeah. loved taking it. I take it about four times a week now and, um, oh, cool. perfect for me. So I don't do it every night, but you know, I do it, you know, most of the week and, uh, it's great. Yeah. I, you know, I was watching Matt mix it up last night and it dissolved really easily mm-hmm. in like cool water, which yep. for me, like call it, I love supplementing with collagen. Um, but I hate like makes my skin crawl, makes my butt tingle when it's like thick, goopy water. Right. I can't do it. I can't do it. So, um, I was watching him mix it up and I was just like, Holy moly, that dissolved easily. in that cold beverage. Yeah, look, it's it's easy to mix. I think it tastes good. It's got like a berry like flavor, although you know that's on the the eye of the beholder. Not everyone loves the taste, but I like it. Um, And uh, yeah, it mixes great. It's easy to easy to drink, and you know it gives me really vivid dreams. I I I joked with Ben. I I I want to do like a dream journal and then do a whole episode of my crazy dreams. It should be a lot of fun. Um, but like in a good way, like vivid dreams, like, yeah, they're not like, you like know, remember? I, know, I know everyone's mind's probably going in the gutter here, but it isn't like that. It's just like crazy. What I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's just like super vivid. You know, it's like you're, you're when, you know, when you're in really deep sleep and like everything's just like your brain's firing. That's what it's like. You're yeah. just like really, really vivid. But, uh, but yeah, I love it. It's good wow. stuff. Maybe it's making you smarter too. No, there's no chance. Maybe you're going to. 
no, maybe going to dream up some like some like whatever idea to save the world. Mm, I, don't, I doubt it would make you smarter, but it absolutely is helping me recover. I will 100% tell people that in my opinion, I am recovering better because I'm getting better sleep. And that's super. Well, that's, that's the important part. Yeah. If this uh, has convinced you to give this a shot, uh, head on over to third Z T H I R D Z Y. Dot com and we have a discount code. It is kettlebells. Z Z Kettlebells. Z Z Z. Kettlebells. No S. Kettlebells. Um, and you'll get twenty five percent off your first purchase, which actually makes it a really killer deal. So definitely give it a shot. Yep, perfect stuff. All right, back to the conversation with Matt. I'm I'm trying to figure out where you have enough hours in the day to do all of this, Matt. Yeah, I know. I don't. I yeah. don't have enough hours because, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Just this, in the last year, you know, it's a lot, lot of poker's in the fire. You know, um, even stuff like my buddy and I, we we both like having uh, some real estate and some income properties. So, you know, he already had two income. I had one, and then we found a duplex that we like, so we we picked that up, but it needed a lot of renovations done. And, you know, so luckily he was self-employed or he is self-employed. I'm self-employed. So we were able to take two weeks off um, for the most part and just go in and do some renovations there. But then, you know, the book launch, you know, we're constantly working on uh, podium nutritions and then coaching some athletes in person, doing the online programming, doing the app development. It's uh, I wish there were more hours in the day and I wish yeah. sleep wasn't, wasn't a requirement. <laughs> Yeah. And you're so good at sleep too. It's like one of your pillars, right? Still? It used to be. It <laughs> oh, it used, used to, be. to be. Yeah. Now, now, now you're like, fuck that. Let's just stay now up and work. Sleep, sleep has gone from uh, something that I need to do to something that I want to do. Yeah. I feel that so hard. <laughs> something, something you've mentioned multiple times, even on the show, man, I was really curious coming into this. Uh, you were telling that story, of your friend earlier who talked you out of the investment properties. Mm-hmm. And then you've mentioned several times of like the team around you. You're a very unique elite athlete that has the humility to ask others for help. I think a lot of elite athletes just kind of want to take the world on themselves. I think they're good enough. They can do it, but, but you've always seemed to surround yourself with the best of the best to make you better like, where does that come from in you? Probably laziness. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, I mean, a part of it, like, you know, I think I'd probably just had a couple life experiences where, um, you know, I tried doing something on my own. Like I'm, I'm the same way. Like I, I find comfort in being, trying to be a puppet master of every aspect of my life. Um, but you don't have enough time. You don't have the control. You don't have, uh, that ability to do that. Um, and so I'm sure it started off with, um, my weightlifting career when I was 12 years old. And then, you know, it took a couple of years to realize it, but, you know, having my coach, you know, pulling on the reins and not allowing me to approach, uh, training the way I wanted to, and then seeing it years later pay off. And I went, Oh, okay. That's, he's a professional. He's been doing this for much longer than I have. He knows better than me. Um, so now carry that forward into CrossFit. You know, I obviously worked with a ton of people through my CrossFit career. Um, but it came very obvious, you know, um, let's look at like 2016, um, when I finished, finished and like my lowest placing event was a deadlift. Um, well, that, that's something that I, I, I don't know the proper way to train my deadlift. So I'm going to seek out a professional that does. And, you know, and I just saw like finding someone that's the best at their craft, rarely is somebody the best at their craft and they don't enjoy talking about it. (laughs) Um, So, you know, tracking down their phone number and just asking them questions. And so, you know, I was fortunate enough to to link up with Chad Wesley and, um, and then I went, oh, wow, that was so much easier than doing it on my own and trying to figure it out on my own and making mistakes and costing myself really, really valuable time because I have a very short timestamp on my competitive career. And so now it's doing the same thing. And, and I still enjoy, I still want to be able to do every job so that if somebody calls out sick or if we're in a pinch and they just like, Hey, we just need bodies. We need somebody to just to do it. It may not be 
I, I can step in and it may not be as efficient. It may not be as fast, but I can do it. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's how, how you do anything is how you do everything. And yeah. so everything from my competitive career um, is translating over, you know, whether it's the work ethic or how I problem solve or anything like that. It's, it's all the same. It's just a different venue. It's just so rare to see people do that though. Like I see that in, I see that in business world all the time. People think mm-hmm. they have to be the most creative and they have to come up with the ideas. And I feel like I'm telling people all the time, you don't need to come up with the ideas. So just find out who has the best ideas and steal them. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> kind of the same thing, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, or replicate them, like, you know, do them better than they're doing them. Like you don't need to, you don't need to be the smartest guy in the room. You need to find the smartest guy in the room and, mm-hmm. and be next to him and yeah. learn what he's doing and, and do that. And it just always impressed me that like we had Chris Henshaw on here, um, you know, a few months back and he was talking about your training and, and how you would identify weaknesses and just obsess over it and drive toward it. And I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, but he was smart enough to have Henshaw in the room. Yeah. You know, who's, yeah, I think like, you know, you know th- there's obviously things that like, I, I want to go to Henshaw and like, he's not going to do the job for me. He can't, he can't right, right. be a better runner for me, but he's so knowledgeable on, on that topic that I'm picking his brain. I want his eyes on me. I want him. I don't want him just to write me workouts. I want him to teach me how to do it so that it doesn't just apply to running. I can then apply that knowledge into other things. And, you know, that's how, that's how I was with anyone I worked with. Um, it's how I am now of, I want to, I don't just want the answer. I want to know why that answer is. So then I can, I can use that information in other aspects. And, you know, like there was things from Chris that I took, um, from running, running endurance that, that I applied forward to. Um, I remember one very specific one was like my hip flexor endurance. For, for a while, my, my kicking when I was swimming, my hip flexors and abs on toe to bar was trash and taking the same principles and, and mentality that, that I applied to the running and I applied it to my core workouts or hip flexors or what any different avenue. It's not just this trade specific skill. It applies to everything and it's just gaining that information, little bits and pieces from every single person. Um, and trying to put it all together to something to, to the problem that I'm dealing with today. I would love to know now that there's been a little bit of time and you've been able to gain a different perspective, you know, you're not fresh <laughs> off retirement. You've had a little bit of time to like live this new life, if you will. Yeah. When you look back on everything there's, and this is a loaded question. So feel free to take time to think about the answer. There's so much. Do oh. you have like a one singular favorite memory of your time competing. I'm also no. going to ask what your, what your least favorite memory is. So there's, that's um, coming too. <laughs> so, I mean, short, short answer is no. Okay. Um, every, every season had something different or special or terrible about it. <laughs> um, Fair. And, and they, they were all so different. Like, um, and I think the, one of the biggest things that I took away from competing, it came right after the 2016 games, um, was I thought after I won, I would feel different. I thought after I won, it would be this big, spectacular, special moment. And I remember hitting the finish line and almost panicking of like, why, where's, where's that feeling that I've been chasing Hmm. and realizing like, Oh, I, this changes nothing that I just won. It's, and, and it made me realize like, Oh, it's not, it's not that end goal. It's not that end destination. It's not the gold medal that I care about. It's the whole process leading up and making sure that I'm putting in an effort that I'm proud of all the way through. Um, and like perfect example is that like the first couple of years I got my medals framed. Um, my last three gold medals are, are, wrapped up in a grocery bag somewhere Hmm. like they're not hung up anywhere they're not i couldn't really be bothered um you know o'keefe is hounding me to get them framed and hung up um so i have a better backdrop than this but um (laughs) but one but once i realized that it wasn't the it wasn't the end result that i really cared about it was the 
the process on the way there and making sure that I, I felt proud of myself. Like perfect example is this my 2014 and 2015 medal. It was the exact same end result. And, and in the moment I loved one of those medals and I hated the other hmm. and they're the, they're the exact same thing. Yeah. And, and one was because I had zero expectations going in and I was like, holy shit, I got on the podium. And the other one was, oh, you cut corners for an entire year. And this is the reflection of that poor effort. Um, and so, yeah, it's, just, it's the whole process leading up. So, you know, it's the same thing with, um, you know, with, with any project that I take on, it's like, yeah, like the end result might be a huge swing and a miss. It may not land with the audience that the way I'm hoping it will at all. So make sure that I'm, I'm proud of what I did. And then if, if someone criticizes it or asks me questions, I can be held accountable. And I'm like, Nope, like that's what, that's what I meant to do. That was the result I was going for. Um, and then you can build off it. You can build off it and expand if you want to, but if not, fuck it, move on. And you really missed your opportunity to say how much you hated our post-event interviews. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I really thought that that's was, what it was going to be like. Well, there was that, that really annoying reporter. No, that there was there was really only one post-event interview that sticks out in my mind that I didn't like. But uh, and, you know, I tried to do the right thing, and uh, uh, but it got taken out of context, and uh, so. But no, all the all the ones oh. with you were, were very great. I was going to say, that wasn't with was, me. I instantly no. panicked. I was like, oh my God, tell me which one I fucked no, up. No, no, it was the one with Jesus. Sam. And I remember that one. And his question list on the floor. Yeah. And so the clip, the clip got put out there of me saying, don't ask me about Rich. And it, it was with great intent that I was saying that because I, I read the question that he was about to ask. And it was very, it was not nice towards Rich. Um, and so- what I meant to say was don't ask me that specific question about rich. But then of course, you know, and yeah. I thought the cam, I thought the camera was going from person to person. And so I thought the camera was off of me. And then, you know, people see that clip and they put their own spin, they put their own narrative to it. And I was, I was trying to do the right thing. I didn't want, I didn't want uh, to answer the rude question. So I was like, Hey, but don't, don't ask me that. Do you know what's hilarious? I've, I have known that truth for yeah. this entire period of time, of course, because, yeah. because I knew that Sam had written it down and I knew it was on the end. Like, I feel like all of us in production in the truck, like we've all known that that's how that went down. But yeah, yeah. that clip definitely was not an accurate portrayal of the situation. <laughs> well, I got a great meme out of it. So I was great. There's that. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. Furthering John's career. So <laughs> Dude, what, one of my favorite, one of my favorite stories to tell now is, um, I mean, it was probably about a year ago now that I had trouble with my bank account. Oh and, my God. Yeah. Do you remember? And that, and that whole story, like that was a nightmare. That was just the bane to my existence for 24 days, trying to get my bank account back opened up. And, and like, I, I had people ask me after that and they're like, yo, did you ever get that problem fixed? I'm like, you'll never guess a million years. <laughs> you'll never guess who helped me fix that problem. I'm like, you know, the meme account, make wads great again, him. And they're like, what? Was like, yeah. 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 So once again, thank you for that. That well, was uh, so the, a very the, strong panic in my life. The, the, well, the fun, there are a couple of funny things that came out of that for me. First, when I heard it was going on, like I heard you tell the story on a show and I'm like, all right, I already know what the problem is. So I reached out yeah. to O'Keefe. And was like, hey, if you guys want help, I can help you. Thinking that O'Keefe would just reach out to me and go, you know, tell me what you need and I'll do it. That isn't what O'Keefe does. O'Keefe puts me on a three-way text with Matt and says, oh, hey, John, here's Matt. We're going to get this solved, right? So now I've got Matt Frazier's cell phone number in my phone, right? And the smart ass in me is like, I should start sending him my PRs every time I have one. And just say hard work pays off, but not the it good PRs. It blocks so fast. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like not, not the good PRs though. Like the really shitty ones. Like, Hey, Hey champ, I just ran a nine minute mile. Hard work pays off like every other day. Just, just couldn't bring myself to do it. But uh, I appreciate that. I do. And I also appreciate you putting me in connection with the right people to solve the problem that I was dealing with. Well, it, it goes back to what we were talking about though. Like, you know, I don't have all the, solutions in banking, but I know a lot of people and I know the people that are really good at it. And as soon as yeah. I heard what your problem was, I'm like, I know the guy that can fix that. And oh, man. Uh, 
I, I don't, I honestly don't know if I've ever had panic the way that one was, was, so I, the backstory was I opened up a bank account for my business. Um, and it was so new that I didn't have checks or a debit card for the account yet. And, and then I get, I'm on an airplane and I've had one deposit into the account and then I'm sitting on an airplane on the tarmac about to take off. And I get an email of like an overdraft notification. And I was like, that's weird. Like I, I have no way of spending this money. How could it be overdrafted? So I opened up my bank account and there was, I think it was just shy of a $900,000 withdrawal out of the account and obviously clearly overdrafted the account. And I freaked. And as soon as I read the email plane takes off and I'm freaking out of like somebody just stole so much money from me. And, uh, yeah, for 24 days, I called, called the bank trying to be like, Hey, like someone stole all this money from me or something and no help, no help, no help. And then I finally put something up on social media, just like full desperation and then, uh, yeah. <laughs> and John was like, make, I know make banks. Wads, make wads great again, came to the rescue. Well, I, I would need to say out loud for anyone who knows where I work, it was not my bank that did this to his money. It was a yeah. different bank. <laughs> yeah, very, very important distinction. Yeah, very important. Uh, banking's a small industry. It's like anything else. Like it's a really small industry. And, you know, you get to know people that, you know, you work with someone, they go to another bank and you just stay in touch because this sort of thing happens all the time. Yeah. And you want to make sure you have good contacts and good relationships. And then the, so. It was almost more infuriating. The person that you put me in contact with, I had a two two minute phone call and I explained the situation. And then he was like, I'll call you back in five. And I was like, all right, cool. And this had been a 24 day process of like multiple hour, hour and a half phone calls to the bank and them just telling me nothing we can do. You got to wait. And uh, and then he called me back in five minutes. Like, all right, your bank account's good. It's unfrozen. And I was like, and it almost made me more upset because I was like, that's how easy the fix was. And I couldn't get anyone to do it. Uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was a wild time, but well, you know, nightmare. early on business owner, you, you learn some lessons from it and you, you move on. Well, yeah. no, no offense, but banks don't give a shit how many gold medals you have. And so they, yeah. they weren't, they didn't care. It, what I called the guy, I'm, I'm like, do you know who he is? He's like, I have no idea. I'm like, you're just going to trust me, dude. He's good for it. You just, you got to get this money released. And, and, that, and that's what he said. He was like, please do not screw me over. I'm doing this as a favor. I don't know you. I don't. And, and then he ended the phone call with like, Hey, just a heads up. Um, he's like, what happened here? Wasn't right. Like you, you just happened to slip through all the cracks, but he was like, to be fair, um, your account looks sketchy as fuck. And yeah. those were his words. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, he was like, dude, the name of your business tells us nothing about who owns the account or what your business does where the money came from was another business name. That means nothing. Uh, you opened up the account online. You've never been into a bank. And then it was just a first time deposit um, for an amount that raised some red flags. And so that first deposit was like, Oh, this is, this is money laundering lock. Yeah. Um... Yep. So, so for, for like the first couple months of running HWPO, I had to, pay employees out of my personal bank account. I had to pay like bills and expenses, taxes all out of my personal account until that bank account uh, got unfrozen. No, well, as a business owner, that makes me squirm. Well, oh, see, it was terrifying. We, no. uh, yeah, we never got to talk about this, but when, uh, when I was calling them and talking to them about it, if there was a checklist for what looks like money laundering, you hit it. <laughs> oh, every, every, every single piece yep. of it. Um, and I, I thought I was going about it the right way. I'm like, oh, this bank allows me to open up a bank account online. Online, Perfect. yeah. I don't need to go into into a branch and waste somebody else's time. I can do it all right here. And apparently that's not something good to do. No. Well, no. look, they, most banks let you open up uh, accounts online and they expect your employer's direct deposit to come in for a couple thousand dollars, not check yeah. like yours from another business coming in. <laughs> You know, that, that yeah. they can't verify. And business banking is notoriously uh, difficult anyway. So it's it like, is. you just hit the perfect storm, dude. Absolutely yeah. perfect storm. Uh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then the fact it was during quarantine, like every time I called the helpline, uh, I remember, I remember specifically one person that I talked to uh, that was a customer service rep. And like, this is a year ago. So everybody's still working from home. 
And this, this woman kept telling me, she's like, Oh, sorry. My, my manager keeps coming up to my desk. And I'm like, I'm like, Hey, it's fine. I can hear that. It's your child. Like I can hear that. It's this three-year-old or four-year-old toddler. You don't need to keep lying to me. I'm fine with it. Uh, but it was just, oh, she funny. wasn't like, lying. It truly was her manager. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah that's exactly. how it works actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. Every time I'm like, Oh, sorry. The boss is crying. I gotta, I'll be right back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a funny story. And then it's actually one thing I've always loved about O'Keefe. He's so transparent. And uh, I was just fully expecting to deal with him. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're on a text stream and, yeah. and hashing it out. So <laughs> that dude. Oh, as a matter of fact, my favorite O'Keefe story, Nikki, did I ever tell you the time I pissed off O'Keefe? It was great. This yes, was early I know, on. I know where this is going. Oh, Being on the receiving end of that. I, well, I didn't know who he was. I'd never heard of him. You know, like I was kind of new and I, I did a meme about you and it was a, I was doing a joke and I was, I called the joke Frasier aid right at the time you were coming out with Frasier aid by C4. Mm. Yep. And I didn't know you had this coming out. I had no idea. I must've <laughs> been psychic. And so I do this meme. I mean, it's one, a very natural name. Yeah, it, obviously. It, yeah, yeah. It, sound, it sounds like it should be a drink, you know? And uh, as soon as I post it, someone messaged me. And they're like, oh, you're going to piss off O'Keefe. I'm like, I don't know who that is. And then like third, <laughs> I mean, no shit. 30 seconds later, I have a DM from Matt O'Keefe going, you got to take that post down. I'm like, I don't know who you are, buddy. And then I'm on a phone call with him. It was, yeah. uh, yeah, he was a bulldog. Yeah. But, yeah. And then John texted me. He was like, do you know who this Matt O'Keefe guy is? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. What, what did you do? Like, what is happening? Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. When, yeah. I, How funny. I, I feel bad for anyone that, you know, steps is deserving of his wrath. Um, it's uh, not a fun place to be in, but, but when he's one of those guys that he'll, he'll go to the end of the world for you. If, yeah. uh, if it's, if it means doing the right thing, He's yeah. there fight fighting in your corner all the way. I've no. he's been there with me through the highs of highs and the lows of lows. And you know, he's just an incredible person. So, you know, bring bringing him on as uh like CEO for HWPO was it, it was a no-brainer. I've been yeah. trying to do it for a long time now. Uh but you know, like obviously he, he had another job that he was doing really big things, you know, running some of the biggest competitions in the world. And, and I remember very early on pulling him outside and, and I, he was there helping me in, in some meetings. He was just there as a friend helping me kind of be in a sounding board. And I think we were on lunch break or something. And I was finally like, O'Keefe, what's your number? And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, for you to quit everything else. Like I want you on my team and my team only. What do I need to do to make that happen? And I think he kind of like, kind of laughed at first. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm serious. I want to grow this thing so fucking big that like, I need you. I need you mm-hmm. here. I need your full dedication all the time. And, and so, you know, it was a, it was a goal that we were working towards for a while, but uh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, made it official. Yay. That's awesome. I'm so excited for you guys. I'm excited that you are like content with your business arrangements, because that's, I feel like that's, what's hard. It's like, you can go to work every day and grind, you know, and you can, you can like your job too. But like you said, Mm -hmm. you can't always pick your coworkers and like setting yourself up in a way that guarantees that type of, honestly, it's like emotional success because you can't be working with people who like, just don't drive. It doesn't, you won't get shit done. Yeah. I remember my, my first experience with that was, I remember when, and it was while I was still competing and I worked at, um, at at the aerospace company and and the guy who was hiring me was like all right yeah send me your resume send me all all that stuff and i remember phrasing it to him like um like this was like the summer job that every engineering student wanted um like they have thousands of applications and i remember giving him mine and saying like hey man like i know i don't have a 4.0 gpa but like i will work my ass off and, and like, I, I had a good, good grades. Like, I think it was like three, six or three, seven, but I was competing full-time as well. And, and my, my boss kind of said to me, he's like, no, anytime I see a 4.0 GPA, I throw away the application. Hmm. And I was like, what? Like, why would you not want the smartest people on your team? And he's like, have you ever met 
any of the kids in your class that have a 4.0? I was like, yep. He goes, can you hold a conversation with them? I was like, nope. And he's like, I'd rather have somebody with a 3.6 or a 3.7 that, you know, has interest outside the gym or whatever. He goes, I'm, I'm hiring somebody I need to spend nine hours a day with. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that, that I can spend time with you. Um, and it, that, that kind of landed on me heavy. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I started looking at it a little bit differently. Like Sammy talks about all the time. She's like, I can teach anyone to do any job or like I can teach anyone any skill, but I can't teach someone good work ethic or people skills. Like you can't teach trust. So hire somebody that you know will work their ass off and that you trust implicitly that when they say, I will get this done by Tuesday, that it will be there Tuesday. And if it means that they have to pull an all nighter or, you know, dedicate more hours or pull in more resources, you know, the job's getting done. Yeah, they'll do it. Mm -hmm. Hey, I have, I have one last question and I know that we're kind of buttoned up against the end of our time with you. So I'll be brief. Um, so I have a, I have a girlfriend at the gym. Her name is Jen and she's relatively new to CrossFit. Um, she's been crushing it. And whenever I see a new person come in, I kind of, I expect them to know who you are because you're just so very much the pinnacle of our sport, but I don't really expect them to, you know, have all the details about what you've done or your career. You know, I expect me, you know, this is Matt and this is Tia. And now I go to CrossFit and, and that's just kind of how it goes. But from the day she set foot in our gym, she knows every detail about your life and read your book and knows your story and your back injury and your nutrition plan. And you're just wearing your shirt on like day three. And I'm like, you just (laughs) got here. You don't even have CrossFit sneakers yet. Like what, what is happening? How do you know all of the details about Matt? And she said that she poured herself into your story and you are the reason that she set foot in the gym for the first time. Oh, that's and, phenomenal. Yeah. And I don't mean your five gold medals. I mean, your yeah. life, like your work ethic, your journey of achievements. Oh, and I would great. love, I would love to hear from you, like knowing what you did for just this one person who has big goals, you know, big, like physical goals, aesthetic goals, like life-changing goals. Now that you're, especially now that you're done competing and you're not necessarily out there every single day, like, how does that, how does that make you feel? Oh, I mean, like, Christ, I'm getting a little choked up right now. Um, no, I mean, that, that's, that's phenomenal. And like, I know, like, if, if it, I know people have different favorite athletes or like, I may just not be somebody's cup of tea for whatever reason. Um, but you know, I, I hope there's something that, you know, I've been through that I've done that I've, you know, whatever it is, I hope there's something that somebody can relate to, um, whether that's the direct performance in the gym and how to go about doing that the right way. Um, you know, uh, dealing with school work relationships. I hope there's some tidbit of experience that I've been through that can be applicable to, to somebody else. Even if our lives are so far apart, um, in reality, then I mean, that, that's phenomenal. Um, and you know, I, I remember, I remember distinctly, um, the first time something like that came up and it was, um, we, we were in Nashville before we moved down there. We, we went in to go house hunting and, and somebody, I was walking by a restaurant that had like sidewalk seating and, and somebody kind of yelled my name. And, and so, you know, I stop and, the person came up and we're kind of chit chatting and, uh, you know, the, the typical conversation starter, when somebody comes up, it's like, Oh, where are you from? What gym do you go to? And, and I said that and I was like, Oh, what, like, Oh, you're from Nashville. What gym do you go to? And they were like, I, I don't, I don't go to a cross. I don't go to a gym. And they kind of had a puzzled look of like, why would you expect me to do that? And I was like, well, you know who I am. So you're obviously a CrossFitter. And they're like, Nope, never done CrossFit, never been to a CrossFit gym. And I was like, Oh, huh. Interesting. And over the years, that's become more and more common. Um, but I think, you know, it, it probably all stems from, you know, people seeing people like, uh, Tia and myself in the movies on Netflix or something. Mm -hmm. And then they start following us on social media. And, you know, we try to 
you know, provide as much stuff as we can, uh, with, with just a picture. But, um, no, I mean, stuff like that weighs very, very heavily on me. Um, you know, whether early on in my career, it was like, I would get DMS about people like, Hey, I, I hurt my back and I just got told I, I have to get fusion and I'm scared as hell. I know you had a back injury. What was your experience? And, you know, try and take time out of your day. Cause I'm trying to be the person that I wish I had when I, when I was told you broke your back, your sports career is fucking over. You're getting surgery. Good luck. And I remember going through that at 18, 19 years old. And I had no one around me telling me like, Hey, things are going to be okay. Like, here's, here's what's happening. You know, um, you know, like even something as simple as like when I quit drinking, um, you know, I was fucking young. I was 17 years old and walking into, to a 12 step program meeting and just feeling like such an outcast. Um, but then knowing, knowing how beneficial it was having, having a friend, having a friendly face, someone I recognized. And I, I remember my first time walking into a gym and like, I think people just put a spin on it of like that. I never had a first day in a gym and I remember it. And I remember like first time going into like a regular globo gym with all the machines, some free weights. And I'm like, everyone looks like they know exactly what they're doing. And then like, I'm sitting down on a machine and I'm like, so self-conscious, like, am I doing this right? Are those people laughing in the corner, laughing at me because I'm doing something wrong and they're laughing at it. Um, you know, it was just, and, and so I try to be as much as I can, that person that I wish I had when I was in those very insecure, awkward moments. Um, so yeah, I mean, when, when I hear someone like, like your friend talking about that, yeah, uh, I mean, that's, that's the silver lining that I never knew I was after that, that should, having a positive impact on somebody's life is, is phenomenal. So cool. I love it. You guys are gonna make everybody cry on this show. Just like that. Well, did, John we John? did we lose him? No, I'm here. Oh. I'm here. I was, you I, back. Was, I was trying to work my tears in. Oh, you guys were making me cry. <laughs> Eyes are sweating over here. I know. No, you know, the, the impact you make on people is always uh, just the best part, you know? Yeah. Hope, hope, hopefully, hopefully it lands with a couple people. Yeah. Wow. Over the, over the years, you would hold one or two. Yeah. Matt, we really appreciate you giving us, yeah. uh, you know, this hour of your time. I know, you know, obviously you're crazy busy. Uh, I did have to ask though, like you, when I saw you on Rogan, you seemed a little nervous. How were your nerves on this one comparatively? Oof, yeah. Ro- Rogan, the Rogan podcast, that was nervous as hell. That went, uh, yeah, that was a three hours that went by in a blink and I was sweating the whole time. No, I mean, conversations like this, I love it. I mean, you guys are so familiar with the space. So we're able to joke about, you know, people we know, people we love and, you know, and, and we're, we all have the same goal of just trying to get fitter. Yeah. Just wait till we uh, turn off the recording and we talk shit about people we hate. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, Matt, thanks for joining us. Uh, super appreciative. Nikki, great to see you. Hope you're not tired next time we speak. <laughs> Good luck. Talk Good to luck me in that. 18 years. Yeah. All right. For everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining us this evening and we will chat with you again soon.